How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. If you're following along with us on iTunes, Podbean, however you get your podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave me a, a review, comment, share it, do whatever you do. I really appreciate all you guys who have been doing that. It uh, you know, it just helps this thing keep growing. Every single day, we're just uh, continuing to go farther and farther, so it's uh, it's been really cool. Um, if you're not keeping up with us on social media, check out BTBN on Facebook, Instagram. Join the closed group BTBN Podcast on Facebook. We've been doing lives, um, the contest, updates, all that type of stuff, Um podcast with a lot of the call makers i'm going to try to get all of them on here at some point so yeah it's just been a a lot of stuff and a lot of fun entertaining content and uh, i hope you guys are really enjoying it i get messages all the time if you want a paperweight of a duck call the list is still growing i'm working through it as quick as i can i even took off next week from work to try to get caught up on some duck calls and uh just enjoy life Summer is over. The kids go back to school on Monday. Um, I don't know if we're going to hit the lake this weekend or not, but it'll be probably one of the last trips. And uh, yeah, you know, that means September's right around the corner. Teal season. People are shooting honkers in North Dakota right now. It is ridiculous. I am so pumped for season. It has been the longest summer ever it feels like we never like spring hit and it just is one continuous weird thing going with corona so uh yeah i'm ready to get back to hunting season and get back to normal today i got one that's a little bit different for you guys um he's a guy that man we've known each other since elementary school we started hunting together i think his first year was my second year hunting and uh yeah, we, we started hunting together. We started the TV show together. Um, you know, we still hunt together all the time. And uh, he's just one of my very best friends in the world. He's done a lot of filming, um, done some photography with hunting. He has helped with the live streams for BTBN. Man, just, uh, just one of my really, really good buddies, and we've known each other for 20 years. So without further ado, Mr. Justin Strain. Justin, what's up, buddy? Not much, brother. Doing good. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad. I uh, I did that little live stream tonight. Then the kids got home from swimming and had to put them in the shower and bed real quick and then <laughs> come immediately right back out and start recording. Yeah, just normal day stuff. Uh, wife just got home. We just put the boy to bed, you know, getting ready back on that school routine. You know, it's like 9 o'clock right now. Dude, so it's slowly, slowly working back into the school routine. It's weird. Has Springfield started? No, not yet. They start next week. He will be going two days. And then since Amanda works at the hospital, they open up the Myers Center for hospital employees, children that are going to be doing virtual learning every other day. That's freaking crazy. Yeah, my mom, she, you know, working at the Myers Center, she was knew all about that stuff and it uh it's weird the Myers center for people who don't know is like the big fitness center in our city through the hospital and uh yeah they just came in one day and they're like yeah we're gonna shut down the fitness center and convert it to a uh virtual school daycare yeah daycare school it's weird man it's a weird time you really think about um my brothers-in-law are still in high school so it's amanda's stepbrothers and they said this so well. They felt bad for the class of 2020, and they're seniors this year, but think about the, this year's class. It's completely different. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. You know, like in Nixa out here, the kids are going to go to school like normal, but they're going to have to wear masks. And, you know, just just worked for the school and she was like you know we kind of have little side bets going of how long it's gonna last before they end up shutting down because somebody's gonna get it or waynesville already canceled school today they're going full virtual already Jeez, within like a they've they just started they've been, 
Dude, I don't know what the heck people are gonna do, man. That's that's crazy. Yeah, and you know, I keep up with it just because Amanda works at the hospital, and uh, just thinking about it is, you know, other schools are, you know, kids are breaking out with it, and they they're saying, you know, little ones are a little bit better to fight it off, but it's still scary to send send your small children to school right now. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, at work, we had one guy who, he's out for two weeks because he was around an area that's exposed, and, uh, you know, theoretically, nothing's going to happen with it, you know, if you look at numbers-wise, but it's still, it's just weird putting somebody in the situation, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a very, very strange, tricky time, man, there's no way to do it right, and... You know, I was looking at some of the different, like, rules and stuff, and if a kid shows any symptoms whatsoever, you know, freaking a fever, headache, you know, the sniffles, they're mm-hmm. sent home until they're tested. I'm like, dude, Avery's nose is it's running. It's nonstop. They're not, the little ones are nonstop. The kids are just festering with, you know, sickness and colds all the time. Yeah. Freaking Evelyn clears her throat like her throat like a hundred times a day. It has since she was little bitty kid. You know, like I'm gonna, it's gonna last for a week, and I'm gonna get called off every freaking day. I can already tell, oh. man. Oh yeah, it's 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 crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm just ready for uh, September, dude. It's uh um, like two weeks away, three weeks away. Dude, I've been non-stop watching YouTube. Everything, freaking duck, goose, anything that's waterfowl related, I'm just itching. Itching to get back in the blind. If it doesn't cool the hell down, though, dude, it is. Like, I'm out in the garage right now, and it is hot. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's not a typical August, you know, where it's, you know, you step outside and you're instantly melting. It's, you know, today was, what, 84, and it was actually with a breeze, it was nice. I was like, this is weird. Yeah, yeah, it was, I think, what, two weeks ago, it was like 100 degrees, and then it dropped down yeah. to like 70s, and now it's back up in the 80s. It's, uh, it feels like waterfowl season is getting closer, but I know that we're due for another 100 degrees uh, week. I guarantee you, guarantee before the end of August, we're just, it's just going to turn the dial up and we're going to be scorched. <laughs> Guaranteed. So you were saying you were uh, watching some waterfowl YouTube. Like, what's the go-to right now? You know, I love duck hunting. You know, when I got started, that's all me and you did was just typically just go for ducks. Now... Anything snow goose, specks, Canada's, that's what, man, I love shooting Canada's and specks and snows. Well, yeah, of course. Like, what, what videos are you watching? Uh, you know, TC, uh, TCN, I'll catch a little grind, a little bit of the, a little bit of Higdon, just a little bit of everything. Even, um, Joe Heinz, Joe Heinz just cracks me up. That guy is a nut. Yeah, dude, that dude has figured, like... He's figured it out. Snapchat, everything, he has figured it out. Yeah, it's weird to see the different platforms people take, because, you know, you and I did the the TV show side of things, and it was just local, and, you know, we were looking... We had a chance to go on the, the Hunt channel and Pursuit channel and stuff like that, and the cost versus, you know, reward just was not enough for me to get excited about it. Well, that and, and the jobs that at the time we were both working at the same place, it, it's not feasible. You, I'd have a better chance selling my right arm. <laughs> right, right. But it's weird seeing, you know, TV, everybody wanted to get on the Pursuit Channel, Outdoor Channel. You know, that was like the big rage, man. That's when you made it, is when you went to the national level. Yeah. Dude, I now, don't think you can give, like, I don't think if they came and offered me national TV spot, you know, for free, I would take it. Yeah. Because oh yeah, for free, but not very. If you could, you know, 
get your following up, say, on YouTube and, and start posting a crap down on Snapchat and Instagram, you can build a great following just there and, heck, get sponsors. Like, freaking TCN has Heavy Shot, uh, I think Lifetime Decoy, and a couple other companies. If they just pay, you know, X amount of money, well, there's gas money for trips and hotels. You're good. Yeah, I think they've been on the YouTube you know, since day one and never kind of gotten off. And that's the smart thing. And then, you know, you mentioned Joe, and he's freaking, you know, the, the Snapchat king of the waterfowl world. You know, hate him or love him, the dude is the Snapchat yeah. king of the waterfowl world. And that's he's like his... He's a band shooting machine. Dude, well, that, yeah. That dude, that dude is a band magnet. <laughs> he, I've listened to a bunch of his different <laughs> podcasts. He absolutely hates talking about bands he's like oh i guarantee it you know you see his lanyard you know he guarantee it It was like where'd you get this one where'd you get this one well and it's just kind of the same generic questions all the time like what was it like when you got your shirt first band do you remember that hunt and it's like you know i mentioned it when i talked to josh uh raggio offline because he's done a bunch of these live streams and podcasts and stuff and been interviewed a thousand times by uh, different publications. And we were talking about afterwards, and he said, you know, he was like, I really enjoyed the conversation. You know, it was just different. And I was yeah, like, dude, that was a really good podcast. He, he seemed like such a cool guy. And I even later went to his Instagram DM and I was like, dude, that was an amazing podcast. And I was, he said, well, thank you, Chris. is awesome dude. I was like, yeah, uh, I've hunted with him forever, known, met you forever. And I was like, great dude, stand up dude. Well, and the thing that was really, it was really cool about it was I told him, I was like, man, I've listened to about 10 different things that you've been on. And I tried to not ask you the same generic questions, you know, that everybody asked. And I was like, I, I, you know, I did my homework and I told him, I was like, I can tell you did your homework because you knew, you know, some of the different conversations and things that I had talked to about other people. He listens to this thing religiously, man. It's really cool. I do every morning. I, I go to work now. I, I got to leave the house at 3.30 and be at work at 4.45. So I sit in the truck and just listen to, you know, I power through some podcasts. You get up, you go to work at 3.30 and don't start till 4.45? Yeah. You know, you know me, I'm a madman. You're a psychopath. For anybody who doesn't know, he doesn't live an hour and a half away. He lives about 15 minutes away from work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a madman. Psycho. <laughs> Dude, that's like one of the things that... Uh, during hunting season, David and I will always joke around about is you'll be there freaking an hour early, just hanging out in the car, waiting. And I'm like, dude, I don't understand how he does that. Man, growing up with a military dad, if you're on time, you're freaking late, and you know that you're in the Navy. Uh-huh. And if you're, if you're early, you're on time. And, you know, I get up, I do that, it's like, if I forget my wallet, I can turn back around and go get it. And I have to worry. I see people just scurrying around like freaking rats trying to get to the time clock. It's like, if you just get up at a decent time, get your butt there, you wouldn't have to rush into work and scramble in. Right, yeah. Yeah, it, it makes it a lot easier, man. I, um, when I lived in Virginia Beach, I lived like 15 miles from the base. And I had to be at work on the ship at 8. So I would get up at 5 o'clock and leave my house by 5.30. And it would take me 15 minutes to get to work. You know, one highway there and you just jump in. And It was easy. I'd stop at the gas station, get my coffee and, you know, throw a dip in. And just sit there and listen to the radio or whatever I was doing that morning and just kind of hang out. Or I'd go back on the ship and sleep for another two hours. Yep. But if I didn't get up, if I didn't leave the house by 5.30 and I waited till like, say, 6, dude, it would take me the the entire two hours to commute. And I was, yeah, that's how man. everybody else was, man. Everybody would wait till that last minute and be rolling in. And I'm like, dude, I get up 30 minutes earlier and it's that much easier. Yeah, I'm, I'm punctual to a fault, man. I'm, like, if you tell me you're going to, you know, be here at 1 o'clock. I'm there at like twelve forty-five, 
maybe even earlier, just chilling. <laughs> right? That's just the way it goes, man. Oh, yeah. So, we've never really, uh, I don't think I've ever really told the story of the, uh, the start of all of this thing, man. It was, uh, when you started hunting in 13? Ah, uh, 14. 14? No, 14, 13, 14. It was, 13, uh, 14, okay. Yeah, 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 man. So, I And remember, I didn't know, I didn't know squat didn't have anything. I mean, I had to borrow waders from uh, another buddy, JP, and I borrowed your 20-gauge. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I started with your little, you know, just your little rabbit gun. Yeah, that thing had a 20-inch barrel. Yep. <laughs> that thing was... I mean, I, I, mean I, I had nothing when I started, you know, this thing. It was like shooting a kid's gun, man. That thing was ridiculous. Yeah, no no recoil. It weighed like five point... That's why I wanted to get it. It was a quarter inch longer than a youth model. And uh, for rabbit hunting, I wanted it because it was so light and so quick to shoulder. <laughs> but it was definitely not made for duck hunting. No, it was not. Yeah, so we start doing that in 1314. And, uh, dude, that was... It was so funny the first two years, you know, we thought, you know, we had, we had it figured, we, we thought we had it figured out. Yeah, yeah, going and shooting two or three birds every now and then, and, you know, it, it was just, you know, go ahead. I think about, I think about those days, and, you know, two or three ducks, it was still, you know, you're just fresh, kind of still fresh out of the Navy, and so I only seen you when you came back to town. And I just, you know, truly see it as a, you know, a good time to be with you and have other friends tag along. But it just definitely even rekindled our friendship even more after you got out of the Navy because you were gone for so long. You know, we'd talk on the phone every once in a while, but as we get older, you know, adult things happen. Yeah, yeah, man. It's weird living so far away. Because, you know, you you just don't think about it. It's like my brother, man. I, Me and my brother don't talk that often because I was in the Navy when he left for the Navy. And then I was out and he never came home. He stayed in Florida. So it was, you know, like our conversations. We talk like once a month, once every couple of weeks. And, you know, I try to shoot him a text every now and then. But it just, when people are out of sight, out of mind, you get caught up in life. So it's... Uh, yeah. It's definitely cool to, you know, be back to where we are now, you know. We have our own little, <laughs> I don't even want to say our Snapchat group name that's been the Snapchat group name for, yeah. what, like five years now? Yeah, five years running. <laughs> but it's the same group of guys, and, you know, it's just how we've always hunted. Dude, like, it's funny. I've told the story of uh, Cheney's first hunt. Oh, God. Um, that was that freaking teal hunt that me, Cheney. It was. I think even Fraser was there, or not Chris, but uh, Calvin. No, um, Cody was there. Oh, Cody. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we were we were out there on that teal hunt, and we're sitting there, birds dive bombing in, and we're watching the clock. You know, to legal shooting time because teal season it's you know sunrise instead of thirty minutes yeah. before. And we're all just getting itchy because there's hundreds of birds hitting the decoys. And we're just watching the clock, like just waiting for that moment to tick. And one of, it was the first time I'd ever met Cody and his buddy. And uh, it was me and Chris, and we were hunting. And then we saw them, and they're like, hey, do you guys just want to pair up, you know, instead of competing against each other? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sure. So we, you know, had never met each other. And we uh, sit there, and it's like one minute till. And Cody was like, dude, are you guys ready to shoot yet? And I was like, dude, I've wanted to shoot for like 10 minutes, but I'm trying not to do anything illegal. You know, let's just wait one more minute. As soon as that happens, Green Jeans walks out. How you boys doing? <laughs> right. So, you know, it hits. We freaking shoot our four-man limit in like under five minutes. And I was like, well, what do you guys do for, you know, a living? And Cody was like, oh, I'm a cop. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Thank God we didn't shoot early. And I was like, well, what, is, what does your buddy do? And he's a lawyer. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess we would have been good, you know. <laughs> You've been covered on both sides of the law, though. <laughs> right. So 
I don't even remember, man. Which one was your first time? Oh, it was definitely uh, Stockton. Stockton? Yeah, a turkey creek time. Yeah? Don't be giving away my secrets. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, was that the year that at the end of the year it, it froze up and we found that hole in the back? Yes, that that was my first year. Like I had talked to you about it when I seen you post your picture of your banded teal, and, uh, and you're like, "Yeah, you should come. You should come." And I, and I kind of just put it off. You know, I was like, I started watching. And I was like, "That looks like a lot of fun," and I finally bit the bullet and you know went out with you and. I was hooked ever since. No, actually, I take that back. Our first hunt, we went up to Kansas City. Ooh, yes. In the and during summer, and we humped through the woods to that mud. Hey, it was just a mud hole. Yeah, it was off Big. the freaking Missouri River. It was yeah. uh, the first day of North Zone opener. We drive up there. I did nothing but look on a map. You know, just green as all hell. Didn't know what we were doing. We looked on a map, and it was off the Missouri River by like a mile. But it was like a little water channel off of it. And there was like that big big hole back there. And I was like, this is public land. It's right around a, a really good area that I know of. I've never hunted anything up there. But I, I think there's a lot of birds up there, if there are birds in the area. And... Uh, what? It was like a mile and a half walk with decoys, waders, and it was 85 degrees, guns. It was, it was stupid hot. And by the time we got there, we trudging through that mud. We were both muddy as all get out. And then they throw decoys, and they didn't even float. They just sat on top of the mud. Well, do you remember that uh, Like you took two steps in, and it was like a silty bottom? Yeah, and I took two steps in and was like up to my chest and sinking, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, dude, we are in big, big trouble. We are up here in the middle of nowhere, with no boat. Don't know what the hell we're doing, and we can't go any farther than two feet out in the water." Yes. Yeah, that was. I actually, uh, I talked to my cousin's husband now, because they live up there, like twenty minutes away from there. And he said, yeah, he's been fishing back there with a depth finder, and that thing is like 60 feet deep right there. No way. Yeah, yeah. it's nuts. just this big, crazy, silty, muddy area. And uh, yeah, that that was one for the ages. Then when we were out on uh, Turkey Creek, um, it was when it was really, really cold that year. It, it was like negative yeah. 15. Yeah, because you got, you got a little bit of frostbite on your ears that year. Yeah, yeah, I got frostbite on my finger, and that was the year that I had my Jeep, and the soft top froze up so bad for so long that I closed the back hatch on the Jeep, and the soft top ripped all the way out on the window. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, and that's the same year that she had to call two uh, tow trucks. Yes, yes, we can get to that story. <laughs> But so, so we we uh, I'm driving this fucking Jeep and there's no heat going whatsoever. Jeeps are already known for their great heat capabilities, lol. But uh, you know we get out there and it is just snowing like a son of a gun and everything was frozen up in that spot that we had turkey or we had uh, teal hunted with Cheney. It was all frozen up. And I was like, man, there's a creek back here. I know there's there's got to be open water somewhere. And we wandered around in the dark because that snow had like filled in all the trails, couldn't find anything. You couldn't see anything. Yeah, and there's no cell phone service right there. So we were wandering around in the dark looking for crap, and we finally hit ice. And I was like, you know what? I know the water is not deep right here. This is where we're teal hunting at. Let's open up a hole, throw decoys, and sit at least and uh, we watched like those 500 to 1,000 birds just kept circling all day long over that freaking creek. And, you know, we were only off by like 200 yards. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we went back there and it was insanity. And we went back and beat the crap out of birds for like three days straight. 
And, uh, man, that was it. That was like the, aside from the mud flat hunt I had had the year before, that was like when everything clicked of how the heck we need to do this thing. Yeah. You know, you know, getting the right group of guys together too. Mm-hmm. So that same year, I don't even know if I told the Jeep story. It's the same freaking mud well, flat. No, yeah, there's another Jeep story, and it, it involves me and you. It, uh, it was warmer in the morning when we went hunting. But as the day rolled on, weather pushed in, and we're driving your Jeep, and we're having to stop every five seconds to defrost the windshield with our hands, get the ice scraper out. You remember that? Bro, I think like, that was the the same Turkey Creek day that we uh, we couldn't find the the creek. The defroster on the Jeep wasn't working, and it was icing yeah. after snowing. And we had a forty five mile trip home, and yeah, it was literally scraping the windshield. It was like a three hour ride home. Yeah, it was like it was like Gilligan's Island. There's the three-hour tour. <laughs> Bro, freaking stopping and scraping the windshield all the time. Like, every turn. That was... Oh, God. I'm so glad I got rid of that thing. That thing was just a nightmare. But, uh... Yeah, well, you, you know what Jeep stands for, right? It just empty every pocket, man. There you go. <laughs> so, freaking me and Corey are hunting, uh, you know, Turkey Creek. I think later on that year. And... It's super, super low. The water is way, way down. And the whole bank is exposed. It's turned the the lake into a big mud flat. And I was like, dude, we had been hunting there all year long and kind of driving by it all year long and never gone to the far end of this giant mud flat. It's probably, what would you say, a quarter mile by a quarter mile wide? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and there's that little pool in the back that's probably too... those trees back there we didn't it was not even close to the trees and we ended up getting back there but um we had been watching birds use that all year but it was just such a long walk to get there through the mud and i start pulling out the maps one day when i get home and i was like i'm gonna find a way to get to these freaking birds man and uh i find a road that goes around to a boat ramp and it's like a quarter mile, or it was probably a half mile away, the boat ramp. And I was like, the water is so low, I can stay up on the bank, because it feels pretty solid up here, and drive the Jeep, you know, at least to get us within like a quarter mile. So we do that that morning, and it's solid, everything's good. We drive out there, set up, you know, try to blind ourselves in, and... It just is like whiteout conditions after that. I mean, it is coming down. We're shooting the crap out of birds. Like, it was awesome. It was worth every second of it until we got into the Jeep and we're like, all right, let's go ahead and go back. So we start driving back and I'm following, you know, kind of my trail that I think that I was on, but it snowed probably three inches while we were out there for a couple hours. And um, I start driving, and I'm following these tracks. And Corey's like, dude, I think you went way back further on in this little cove part. And I was like, dude, my my tracks are right here. I'm in two-wheel drive at this point because it had been pretty solid. It was cold. No need for four-wheel drive at that point. (laughs) You're right, right, exactly. And uh, I was like, we didn't need it at all this morning. We didn't hit any mud whatsoever. And he was like, yeah, but I, th- I feel like you went further back in the cove. And I was like, well, it's solid everywhere. We're going to we're gonna follow these tracks because somebody's been through here. I'm, I think it's me. And we go. And then it gets buried up halfway to the door. And, uh, yeah, it, no, it wasn't solid whatsoever. That's when your heart sank. Uh, yeah. You knew it was going to be an expensive day. I knew I was in big, big trouble because we're, I don't know, probably 2,000 freaking feet off the boat ramp from any solid ground. I'm in the middle of the lake, essentially. I've looked at the map since then, and I've been out there since then when the water is normal. Like, that tree is like a good 100 yards. It was next to a tree where that little uh, spot was that I got stuck. 
It's like a good hundred yards out into the lake now. <laughs> like it's and the water is definitely low that day. Uh, yeah, it was super low and it just kept sinking. So we walk up to this uh, this dude's house. You know, we have to walk. I don't know a good half mile up to this dude's house and just start knocking on doors. Hey, do you know anybody with a tractor down here? And like, see if anybody has anything that can pull us out. And this guy's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I got a tractor, no problem at all. So we wait around, and it's like 15 minutes, and he's letting us hang out in his house and got the fireplace going and, you know, got coffee and stuff for us. Super, super nice guy. And he was like, uh, yeah, hold on, let me grab my tractor. He goes and fires it up and drives around with what looks like a riding lawnmower. And I looked at him, and I was like, dude, that is not going to do it for what I have planned for you. (laughs) Like, this is going to do nothing at all. So, uh, Your toy belt's not going to pull my Jeep out, friend. Yeah, yeah, it was not good. So he drives down there and looks at it and was like, oh, yeah, there's no way. Um, I was like, I guess I'm going to have to freaking call roadside. And, like, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do about this, but this is not good. And I did not <laughs> want to call freaking the ex-wife at that point. I was like, there's no fucking way. That I am telling you. You're not, not going to hear the end of this. Yeah, I already had called her and said, I'm not going to be home on time. That's for damn sure. <laughs> so we call a tow truck, and I don't know, it's probably three and a half hours later. Mind you, where we're hunting is in the middle of nowhere for everybody that's listening. I mean, we are, you know, two hours from a real city of any kind. And uh, like I said, it had just snowed three inches. So. A tow truck has been pulling cars all day long. So we wait three hours. A tow truck shows up. He goes down there and looks at it. And he's like, yeah, there's no fucking way, bro. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't get you out of this. And I was like, shit. So I start calling anybody I can think of with like a big lifted four-wheel drive and cannot get a hold of anybody because it's like right around Christmas time and everybody was gone or Everybody's gone or has family already at the house. Right, right. So the tow truck driver is like, I think I can get out there. What I'll have to do is get out there and drive as far as I can and then lower the bed and like push it with the hydraulic to push himself out there like four or five feet at a time. So he's like, but another tow truck's going to have to come out because he's going to have to pull me out. I'm going to winch the cable as far as I can, and then he's going to have to pull me out. And I was like, oh, my dear fucking God. So now I'm paying for two tow trucks. I about just lit the damn Jeep on fire and just leave it there. Report that yeah, you, you could have just called it in stolen. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, you know, just commit fraud and stuff. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> No, so we get the second tow truck driver there, and he gets out and looks at me, and I was like, yes, I know, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, just save your speech, I already know. <laughs> so Just go ahead and put the dunce hat on. Yeah, so he pulls me out, and uh, he pulls the other guy out, and it's like an eight-hour ordeal. It ended up costing me 500 bucks, and uh, you best believe they followed me. No, they put the Jeep on a truck and took me to an ATM. Yeah, and took me to an ATM. And, uh, yeah, I pulled out 500 bucks and handed it over very sadly with my tail tucked between my legs and got home and was told that my duck season was over at that point. (laughs) Dude, good times. Those are the ones I'll never forget, man. And uh, the two limits of ducks that we had had been sitting inside the Jeep for a good eight hours, so... It smelled Frozen. awesome in there. Yeah, I mean, we've had some, we've had, you know, bad hunts or birds that we just shoot one or two. And But I think it's just the group of guys that we hunt with. We, I heard you say it on one podcast. If people did not know us, we, we hated each other. But. It's the, you know, we, we bust each other's balls 24-7, and it's a good time, and I always look forward to it, yeah. no matter what, what the situation is, and sometimes it's, well, we're going to go here, and then all of a sudden, someone's got birds right here, we're going, you know, and then it's just a group of people that we hunt with all the time that makes it so much fun. It, it, I don't care sometimes if we even, we just shoot one bird, it's, you know, the stories and the laughs. 
that we share out there. That, I really enjoy that part of it. Me too, man. Do you remember, um, I don't know, was it probably four years ago now during teal season, we had Matt out there with us, and he pulled that band, the the fake band uh, off your lanyard, one of those... Uh, that's something you, we should put on <laughs> on BTP's page, because that is, you know, every running joke of every waterfowl. It's banded. Yeah. Every bird's banded. You pulled that freaking fake band off the lanyard and threw it on there and had him retrieve it. <laughs> oh, man. He, no, I, I went out and got it. It was the only bird that we shot, and Matt shot it, and I walked out there because I was the only one that had waders on. And I pulled it off, and I had Justin, uh, Justin, uh, Paul Keith film it, and it was a good laugh on it. And that was a great hunt. It was just one bird, but that that part of all of us laughing at Matt's expense, poor guy. Yeah, he was smiling from ear to ear, too. And then in the video, I can't remember, somebody's like, read it. What does it say? Where was it banded at? And he starts reading it, and it is like Muddy Dog oh. Lanyard Company or something like that. Mud River uh, Lanyard Company. Yeah. <laughs> he was so heartbroken. <laughs> but no, like, if you listen to the video, and I, I come out and say it's Danny, he puts his hands on his hips, and he sounds like he's from the 1930s. He's like, my God. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll throw that video up when we post this one so people can see what the heck we're talking about. Check out the Facebook page because I'll post that video up. If I can find it, man. I, it's been I, ha- I, ha- I have it. Yeah, I'll have to have you jump on there and post it then. Yeah, I have it. it I, I still laugh like, if, if I'm scrolling through videos or something like that. I, laugh, I watch it every time and I laugh. <laughs> Do you rem- do, okay? So let me ask you a question. Since you're another guy, who, I already have my own opinion on it, and I might have stated it on the podcast before. Is hunting on TV everything you thought it would be? No, it, it was a lot of work, and come to find out, I don't like being interviewed on camera. I'm a deer in headlights. <laughs> like I have everything I want to say in my head. And I cannot get it out of my mouth. But right now I'm talking just fine. Well, yeah, because you forget that we're even recording at this point because it's just us hanging out. I mentioned it on uh, Raggio's podcast. No, I, I, I heard that. I was like, yeah, I know who he's talking about. <laughs> I didn't want to call you out. <laughs> oh, no, you could go ahead and call me out. I, I hated beer. Like, if you were just like, get a, like me picking up birds or throwing decoys, fine. As soon as I had to talk, my mind went blank. <laughs> do, it, do you think that's one of the hardest parts about filming? No, not at all. What it's you, actually, you know, you have birds already working and there is no light. Yeah, I think that's the and most overlooked part. When you have birds working and it's, it's legal shooting time, but you cannot film and it's not worth busting into the birds if you can't you know get it on camera at that point then essentially you're just out there having fun and mm-hmm. if you're trying to if you're trying to do a tv show you need to get it on camera and it was a lot of fun you know we got to do a lot of cool little trips and stuff like that but it is a lot of work and my hat's off to you because you you did a lot of editing, you handled a lot of that stuff, and I just tried to help out where I could. But it is really hard work. I mean, that, that first year, I think no, we, none of us missed on. It was 120 days that we went every day. Yeah. Dude, and that's why we were working full-time. Yeah, we, we were working full-time. At, you remember, this is... Probably before this is before the TV show, but me and you both were working at SRC, and we drove packed all of our stuff into the Jetta, and then drove up to Kansas City, go to Four Rivers, and walk in after leaving work at eleven, and then turning around and coming back to work the same day. Yeah, yeah. we stayed until like noon too, and went back to work. Yeah, we had to be at work at three, and. (laughs) I can, I can remember vividly, I had got done building a turbo, 
and I'm writing down the information about this turtle. And I start to nod, and then my knees give out, and I snap away. I was about two seconds away from having false teeth. <laughs> yeah, man. You brought up, you know, the a very, very valid point that a lot of people don't think of. That was one of the most challenging parts of hunting and reminding people that it was a TV show because you as a hunter... You have so many stinkers of a hunt. Just a normal guy out hunting. You have so many bad ones. You live for the good ones. And you have low light and you have birds working. It's legal shooting time. You can't see, you know, and exactly like you said, you're trying to get it on camera and everybody else is pissed because they're wanting to shoot. And you're like, hey, man, we're out here trying to film a TV show. We're not out here just to hunt. We're a TV show first. Hunter second, and that was the most difficult part of it because we're hunters. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I want to shoot. I, hell, I, I'm cool with just filming people shooting. Like, I, but I want to be able to see it. Like, I want to. I want guys to have the action. So that was one of the most difficult parts that I had no clue of when we started. Was how I hard mean, is it going to be not to pull the trigger? To say that when we started. We were green. It was an understatement. Like you watch the shows, and it's like, man, shoot, I could do that. It is a lot of work. I mean, the whole time, you know, as the day is, the light is coming in. You're adjusting. You're constantly adjusting. And for any of anybody listening, if you haven't filmed waterfowl with a camera, it is a, it's a doozy. It is a very steep learning curve. And what made it really, really tough was we were supposed to air in January and we were filming all fresh footage and had to have it sent off because that first year we paid uh, Joe to edit. Yeah. And uh, he had to have the first episode by November. So it was like, <laughs> water we were turning the episode. We were turning episodes in like for the weekend. The day before, that hurry up and get it done. Yeah, dude, it it is. That's the hardest freaking part of the. It whole wasn't thing. like we had been filming and putting all this stuff on YouTube and had it, you know, backed up on a disc or a, a thumb drive where we could just hang. Like, there's 20 episodes. Find the best. Uh, this one was the best on this day. It's it's all labeled. Now we we started fresh like that year. Yeah, dude, it was uh it was super rough, and, you know, just the whole, the one of the worst things was you you have such limited time off, especially where we're at in the state. Um, you know, if you live somewhere where you have more birds, better opportunities all the time, it's not as big a deal. I mean, but we would if, take, we, lived in, if we lived in Kansas City, we would have probably made a, a great show. Yeah. Well, uh, then, we live... We live here in southwest Missouri where you're lucky to see, you know, X amount of ducks on a given day. Right, right. <clears throat> you know, the thing, like, we would take trips and stuff like that, and that was one of the, the hardest parts, most sobering parts of it. Because you want to go on a trip, and you want to stay three, four days, go have fun, hang out with your buddies, drink beer when you're not, you know, doing anything, eat good food, all that good stuff was fun and those are memories that i'll never forget you know up sleeping with the snow goose and yeah oh yeah all that kind of good stuff but in the back of your mind you're there for business and it was always on my mind i'm like oh my god you know we put in this huge time investment i took my vacation days to go on this trip and it's just not it's not happening like you know yeah it's definitely yeah it's definitely especially if you go to you know an outfitter and it, it's called hunting it's not called shooting <clears throat> we all know that but it's you know, like you go into this outfitter and you're like you're you're you know you're real confident that you're just gonna be on the bird and this is gonna be you know one of the two maybe in three episodes like you just smash it it doesn't happen and it's like a kick in the kick in the chest it's a, it really uh, takes the wind out of your sails 
Yeah, it's a steep learning curve, man. It, for anybody that's filming national shows and stuff like that for a long time, they know. You know, uh, the I've talked to Ronnie a bunch of times from Heartland, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, we're taking you know week long trips to go film film one episode, and we might not have a whole bunch in that episode because." And then you're just you're just patching work. in clips. You're patching in clips of like different hunts, and you're just trying to make it mesh with what. Where you're at at that point? Yeah, dude. I think one of our snow goose episodes, I put like seven different hunts in one episode, and you know, a couple of them were really good hunts, and then you know, three or four of them were just stinkers of hunts. And then you're trying to line up the skies and make it look like the same type of day, and um, in the same area, same same, same foliage. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a huge, huge learning curve, and it's, you know, like I said, if somebody offered us a national spot today, there's no way I'd even do it. Number one, I don't even have cable anymore. There's no way that I would even mess with that type of stuff anymore on that no. aspect of it. But it's just like the amount of work and hassle that goes into it. I think the uh, it took some of the fun out of it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Because, you know, you're trying to get every such a good hunt, and when they bust, it starts, when it's bust after bust after bust, <clears throat> it takes the fun, and it starts feeling like a real nine-to-five. Because you got, we both had money, you know, tied into this. And it took some of the sale, and it took a lot of fun out of it. But now that we're not doing it, and... You know, we all post, you know, Instagram and Snapchat. It's so much fun, even if it's, you know, three birds, two birds, whatever. It's about being out there with the guys and having fun at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's like, uh, you know, heck, last year where we had that, that first hunt of early honker season, we had that first big group of birds come in. I put down my gun. Uh-huh. I didn't even touch my gun. I pulled out the freaking camera or my phone and just hit record and i was like this is awesome i don't even care about shooting it i this is just gonna be a fun one you know oh yeah it uh that was a that was a i i actually remember that moment and they just sailed right in and i think that first group was that one we shot that band right out of if i am correct um not mistaken yeah yeah because i thought uh he, David came back with it, and he's like, it's freaking banded. And I was like, no, it's not. No way. There's no banded honkers out here. And it's funny because it was banded in Missouri. It was uh, 30 miles to the t- south of us. I think it was like Taney. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want everybody to know where the banding location is down there. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, it was wild. It wasn't a big migrator band or anything like that. But we just do not shoot them up here. So it was pretty cool and then they shot two the next day so yeah you uh you can't beat that man that's it it like you said it's more fun not having to mess with the deadline i think the deadline aspect of it yeah killed me. if we could have just filmed and had put it up on youtube whenever we wanted i think that yeah it would have that would have been fine I, that would have been so you know, it wouldn't have felt like a job. Well, if we didn't get it, we didn't get it. We can, you know, get it next week or next week. Yeah, if we you didn't get it, it, who cares? <laughs> you know, like, oh, well. Where it was, uh, like it, you said, man, the money tied up in the thing, like... It, well, heck, money tied up, you know, into paying for the airtime, and then money tied up into the, you know, our merch that we, we, we paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, camera gear, t-shirt. freaking and camera gear, gas, travel, you know. It added up real quick like that that first year. Yeah, yeah, that's that was one of the main reasons for uh, well, hell, editing alone. You know, that's why yeah. I wanted to edit the second year. I was like, there's no way that I'm gonna pay for this again. We can't do it if we're paying for it. And I was like, I'm gonna well, teach myself how to fucking edit. <laughs> Well, yeah, teach yourself how to edit, and then you still had to pay for someone to co- uh, close caption that too. That's another thing people don't, you know, realize that you have to pay someone to sit there and type out what every word that you're saying. And with us, every other word is uh, "fuck this." What the fuck is going on? What are you doing? We only uh, when I 
during my season of editing, I only allowed one cuss word on TV, which is a huge fine if you get in trouble. But there was like a straight up f bomb on TV that I missed. Yeah. <laughs> and see, that's another thing though you have to think about is the whole aspect of getting in trouble. Um, oh yeah. I told a story, you know, of I'll we'll let him remain nameless. He doesn't give two shits, but how he got in trouble for calling a dude retarded on Facebook, and they were threatening <laughs> to cancel our show like two days yeah. later. Because, uh, uh, like, the special needs, uh, Special Olympics or something like that was, like, one of the, uh, our channel. Sponsors. Well, our channel was, like, a big sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, the station, one of the station sponsor was, or, you know, the station was sponsoring the Special Olympics. (laughs) Yeah. We almost got pulled off of TV because he called a dude retarded, (laughs) which I was, like, so I got a huge ass chewing from the head of the station over that, and I was, like, well, that's totally not what he meant. I mean, the guy that he's talking to is not, you know any kind of handy capable i don't think but uh, you know we'll make sure it doesn't happen again yeah yeah a slap on the wrist and like yeah i'm not gonna want to do that again <laughs> yeah it uh oh god it's like well, constant yeah, PR. You, you're talking about editing how many times you had to edit me and david out because we're constantly smoking the whole time mm-hmm. yeah that's a whole other thing you don't think about um smoking Freaking the cussing, <laughs> like it was a. Uh, I had to have you know play it back. By the time that our episodes aired, the second year, I didn't even watch them on TV. Um, I would throw it on so the girls could watch it, but I had watched it probably a hundred times up to that point before submitting it. So I was like, yeah. I don't even care. <laughs> but, because you're 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 gonna watch you know five minutes of it, and then you're gonna go back and make sure you know double check it, and then go on to the next frame and you've probably watched it a thousand times in one day in a couple hours yeah dude it was uh it was ridiculous <coughs> and you know it just it was fun it's interesting um to tell people you know it was kind of weird when you go to different places and people would know about the show and stuff like that mm-hmm. that was always really cool and made it feel like it was worth it but, uh, yeah, it was really cool. I only had one, not like superstar moment or anything like that, but hey, aren't you on that 417 Waterfowl show? I was like, yeah. Someone recognized me. I, I thought that was pretty cool, but it was, I mean, the show was fun, especially because I got to do it with my be- one of my best friends. Right, man. Yeah, that's that the- was the cool part. That was the, the cool, cool part. Well, yeah, and now it's like, Heck, man! The guys that uh, that we did it with are still some of our best friends. You went from doing it yeah. with one best friend to heck, dude. Our our group now is you know my group of best friends. Like it's uh yeah, it was really really cool, and uh, I don't know. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wish that it would have gone down a little smoother. That second season was a blast. I was working yeah. my ass off. And going to work, and then the editing thing was adding probably 20 hours of work a week to it, but it was so much more fun than the first season. Yeah, well, it made the you know, second season was like, well, you kind of got through that season, and you kind of knew what you were doing just you know, a little bit more. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Well, and then just learning how to hunt better. <laughs> Way better than what we had big. From the beginning to the end, much better. Uh, yeah. You know, especially adding, you know, David. Yeah. The Goose Whisperer. I know I've learned a lot, you know, just listening to him talk. Dude, 90, he's like, he's, 90% of what I know about hunting, if not 95%, is from freaking David, man. He yeah. is, uh, I mean, what? He's probably 40 now? Yeah. He's been hunting for 37 years then. His birthday was just the other day. But uh, he's been hunting for freaking 37 years. And, you know, that makes a huge, huge difference. And uh, I don't know, man. It's, like I said, you guys are all my best buddies that have been doing it for Well, you know, we, 
we go back further than just, you know, the TV show. I mean, middle school, high school, I mean, we've, we've known each other for a long time. You know, heck, you were my, one of my best men. I couldn't have one, just one best man in my wedding, but, man, you, if it was just going to be you, it would have been you. I mean, you're like a you're the brother I never had. Right. Right, man. I feel the same way. It, uh, it's fun. And, you know, I, uh, I want to start doing a couple little videos here and there while we hunt again. Just nothing to that scale, but. Oh, yeah. It, uh, I don't know, man. I, it's just a really interesting. I feel like we have some insight on the whole experience because you see the guys on TV and the grind and, you know, all those big shows that do it so cool and i i just feel like the average guys out there doing it is it's so hard for people to understand the headaches the the um, you know the struggle of trying to do it like you don't see small shows anymore like that's not no. a thing that happens um you but, don't see a lot of like the uh, what's his name he's from I can't even think of his name, but JB Foley would know. He was like good friends with him, but that was a smaller show, and they were up based out of Missouri somewhere. The flight. That's it. There you go. Nailed it. Yeah, they did uh, nope. two seasons, I think. And I talked back in the day with the bearded guy that was on there. I can't remember. They're from Simo. Um, yeah. The, the older guy, and he was super, super nice, man. And, uh, yeah. The yeah, other guy was, I remember the other guy, he tried to, he added me on Facebook, and he was like, you should come hunt up here, and all this stuff. And I, so I just watched their show, and I don't know, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but. Well, you know, people's personalities, man, it always, uh, it always is a weird mixture of finding the right person. Well, hell, man. So, David. <laughs> One of my best friends in the whole world now. Um, the first time we mentioned the show and talked about it on Facebook, he started like a big, huge, like making fun of us thing on Facebook. Oh, yeah. he, he was definitely trolling, trolling one hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah. So I talked to our uh, our other buddy who he doesn't do much hunting anymore, but he's been my barber for freaking three years. Freaking yeah. Brad and both of them ran waterfowltalk.com forever. But uh I talked to Brad and didn't know that he was friends with David at friends the time. Yeah. So I was talking to Brad about being on the show and then David showed up and I was like, Oh, this motherfucker is here. Like this guy's an asshole. I don't know, man. He's like, check out this motherfucker right here. <laughs> I mean, I can I can remember to this day he had that long goatee, he was had his Hood up on his waterfowl talk hoodie, just looking all gangster. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, man, I don't know about all this shit, but it ended up working out for the best, man. It, uh, <laughs> but because yeah, I, I mean, I've learned, like you said, I've learned so much from Dave because he's like a, a source of information about this stuff. Like he's like, well, if we do this right here, they're definitely gonna hook and shortstop us over here. And sure should not, it happens. And they, we, like, move these decoys over here, and then soon enough, there they are. They're swinging right into the pocket. Well, and that's one of my favorite things, is he's good for getting somebody to try to go shoot birds that shortstop this somewhere. Every yeah. single time. We have birds that land on the pond across the field. Oh yeah, you guys can go shoot them. You should probably. Don't. I mean, you just got you just got to belly crawl. All yeah, the way you, over. you just got to belly crawl for two hundred yards and try to go shoot them. And every single time, somebody will go over there. And, and you know, you know who he gets every time. And I don't know if he does. He listen to this? I don't know. I, I wanted to have him on here, but Brad wanted to have him on his podcast too. So I didn't want to get him on here yet until he had a chance to do Brad's. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure he will. Yeah, yeah, Chris Cheney. Yeah, well, Cheney, he'll freaking every single guy that isn't inside. It's mainly us three, and then whoever tags along. But yeah, the tag along guys, almost every single time, they'll go try to do that freaking belly crawl. And I've seen him do it with people with a freaking silhouette, 
in the middle of a freaking cornfield trying to sneak up like they're reaping turkeys and it never yeah. ever works. No. And you hear boom. 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 Did you get him? No. No, they flew hey. away. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, we knew they were going to do that. That's why we sent you over there because that's funny for us. You know, and just speaking of that, like some of the jokes, you know, David's even got me going to pick up birds. You know, I'm always, I'm the skinny one, but go get them. So I go down there to go get some of the birds that are furthest away. You're fast, go chase them. And then I'll hear, get down. And then next you know, I'm face down in the dirt or in the <laughs> cornfield every fucking time. <laughs> okay. So you remember it was on that, uh, that first honker hunter last year. That yeah. we had that big rain out of birds. It was on the band part of it. Or maybe it was like the next flight right after that. And I'm out in the water picking up birds. Walking <laughs> back facing the blind. And uh, uh, the, yeah, David wanted to punch you right in the face. <laughs> dude, his eyes were about to pop out of his head. So he's like, Chris, get back here. There's birds coming. I'm like, yeah, whatever, buddy. I've played this game for too many years now. Whatever. Yeah, just I'm keep not walking. for it this time. Keep walking. He is screaming at the top of his lungs, and I am just ignoring it the whole time. And he, I look at his face, and like he is freaking out. And I was like, man, I should probably turn over my shoulder and see. And there was like another group of 20 coming in. I was like, just oh. broken it right to where we were. <laughs> like 200 yards out. Had to. You know, like we still end up finishing them. But it was like. I told him afterwards, I was like, dude, we got to quit the messing around thing. Yeah. There's, it gets us every year. Yeah. <laughs> and it always gets, and you know, when you're old, it's always birds start to work on a slow day. Or let's go pick up. Or let's rearrange and then next to you know, over the hill or right over the trees, there they are every time. <laughs> it's the way it works, man. That's why it's called hunting. Or if you have to go, you know, take a leak. Every time your wares and your gun is on the other side of the tree, there they are. Yeah, pretty much, man. You are the uh, the bona fide retriever of the group. I mean, I, I've outworked some dogs in my day, I can tell you that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I'll let you get off here. I know you got to get up in a few hours. I'm not too far behind you. I got to wake up at 4.30 tomorrow, not 3.30, but... uh. I appreciate you coming on, man. Man, it was a good time. I would, wouldn't mind doing it again. Absolutely. Maybe even, maybe even later in the season, we can, or even at the end of the season or mid-season, talk about how our season's going so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're in southwest Missouri, so it won't be going well, but we can tell, you know, if there's any other funny stories. Um, if people want to follow you on Instagram, brother, what's your handle? Oh, God. Strain Waterfowl. Strain Waterfowl. Yep, you can find me there. See all the silliness of my photos. Yeah, yeah. Post some. Uh, it's uh, actually it's strain underscore waterfowl. There you go. People won't freaking know, but uh, now they can follow you, and you can be a little more insta famous, brother. I appreciate it, bro. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, you have all a right, good tell night. Tell everybody I said hi. I will do, man, and I'll text you. Um, you got to come pick up that duck call, or I got to meet you to get the, get you that duck call. I'll, I'll... I have to freedom to come out there. I, I want to take you know pictures of the shop and stuff like that. We'll, well sit down. Yes. My lawnmower is sitting next to the shop, so it won't be anything too interesting. <laughs> well, you know, maybe you could start a new trend. You could multitask, turning the call and mowing at the same time. Bruh, that sounds no. No, I'm good. It sounds that. dangerous. <laughs> it sounds a little dangerous, but that's right up your alley. Uh, I like keeping all my digits, but uh, <laughs> you have a good night, brother. All right. All right, bro. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care, man. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. A very, very good buddy, Mr. Strain. He's been hunting with me for damn near as long as I've been doing it. We've been doing TV, film work. All that good stuff forever. He's helped out with this thing, with BTBN. Man, it's just one of my best friends in the world. We uh, we started off playing peewee football together and uh, getting in trouble for, uh, you know, hitting on the girls. So <laughs> that's the way life works. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Like, share, 
I got uh, two more to record tomorrow, so always putting out plenty of content for you guys. Check us out on Facebook. We're going to post that video of the uh, of the fake duck band so you can see what the heck we were talking about in the episode. Two weeks until the duck call head-to-head is up. If you want to know what the heck to look for in the competition, kind of how to get started, I did a live with Corey Neekum tonight and it's up on the btbn facebook page for some weird reason i've done live streams interviews with people forever um and never had this problem but it stretched our faces out pretty ridiculously and i did not know it until i got off the live stream and went back and re-looked at it and it's uh it's quite hilarious the forehead turns into a five head and stretched across the screen so i don't know we'll get it figured out hopefully you guys liked it Enjoy it, share it, leave a review, comment, thanks.